As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy. I'm Mike. What's going on? Oh, Derek, we are continuing our lovely conversation on mental health and being open as men uh, because <laughs> it is not normal until it is becoming normal. Correct. Um, so, all right, I need a refill. And for us, we have the following for sponsors. Queen City Creative Works, thank you so much for your continued partnership slash sponsorship. If you, as a Buffalo Happy Hour audience member, want personalized branded merchandise, head over to queencitycreativeworks.com, scroll down to the Shop Now button on their homepage, and you can buy metal bottle openers that are wrapped in silicone. You can buy water bottles and coasters that are black slate Branded with our white logo. Uh, Feel free to head over there. They are a family-owned business located in Buffalo, and they can ship the products through USPS nationwide and or internationally. Guys, thank you so much for your partnership sponsorship. We appreciate you. And then, as always, Addies, thank you so much for your logo. I have a fun-filled useless fact. Oh, boy. Dude, that was amazing last week. It was a good episode. I don't know if I've ever actually laughed so hard at a useless fact in my life. <laughs> he was just a G, man. So, if you haven't heard last week's no, useless fact, go back and check it out. Go back and check it out. Obviously, that was what I was saying. Um, here is this week's useless fact: A Chicago man bought a car in his ex girlfriend's name. Okay, are you following so far? Yes. After the breakup, he abandoned it, e- illegally parked it at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. The car then accumulated over $100,000 on 678 parking tickets, which the city asked the girlfriend to pay. That's awesome. So long story short, she took him to court and it ended up being broken down to like four grand. And then she had like multiple years to pay it off where she made like monthly payments to the city to pay it off. And then he had to pay a certain amount as well. Cause they're just like, you're also at fault for this. Like you can't do that. That's hilarious. So that's, that's how that went down. Um, so those are the useless facts, uh, for this week and last week. Um, so <clears throat> last week we started the discussion on 
being an introvert slash an extrovert, and I wanted to ask Derek if he's ever had a panic attack, and Derek wants to ask me if I've ever been to therapy. So we'll start with Derek. Have you ever had a legitimate panic attack yet? So without going to therapy, I don't really know. I, I don't. So the interesting part about panic attacks is that they come in an extreme variety of shapes and sizes. So you could be sitting at home and not think that you had one, but you did, which I think is very difficult to diagnose when you're actually having a panic attack. I did have one, and I talked about it a couple times already on this podcast, where right before COVID, which I'm still going to attribute it to it being actually COVID because I thought I was dying, but I thought I had a heart attack because of the the situation I was in. Steve was coming over a lot on Fridays because both of us were off of work. We would order Macy's Place Pizza, which is definitely heart attack, heart attack inducing, and we would play video games and eat Macy's Place Pizzeria. You would get a double slice, too, or a double stack. Absolutely. So I probably did have a heart attack, but we would play a game that is very high stress, like Call of Duty, whatever you want to say about it. It is a very high stress game, especially when you're playing online against like virgins. Uh, It's a very, it's a very high stress game and you're having that where your heart is racing and then you're consuming a double stack, which is a pound per pizza slice. Yes. Literally, we waited. You're going to have some heart palpitations. I'm going to tell you right now. And I had one so fierce that I thought I was dying. No joke. I sat down on the stool where we were downstairs and I felt my I felt myself go super lightheaded. I lost taste and smell. My arm went numb and I just felt like I was outside of my body. And I'm like, Steve, I think you got to go home. Like I can't. This was at like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you have to. I, I'm not feeling well. I got to like hang out and like go lay down or whatever. So he left. And then no joke for six months after that, I would have this like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like <clears throat> this feeling in the pit of my stomach. It feels like acid reflux, but death. I don't know if that makes sense, but like it felt like a black hole was literally sucking life out of my esophagus. That's what I, that's what I describe it as. It feels like, that where I would just have this moment where a rush of cold air would come up my esophagus and then I would just like sink down and then it would be like, okay, you're good. And I thought that was a heart attack for some reason. I went out and for the, for that six months, I developed a severe panic disorder where every single time that I associated unhealthy food of me eating unhealthy food, I thought I was having a heart attack, which spiked my anxiety even more, which would cause me to have an even severe panic attack. So when I went out, I remember that was right before Gina and I went to Indiana. This is another, I I went to the doctor and it wasn't a heart attack. Obviously I'm in decent shape. I won't say good shape because clearly I'm not, but I'm in decent shape. And my doctor was like panic disorder. You're not having a heart attack. You're just saying anxious. I'm like, no, I'm not anxiety is for bitches. That's basically what I said to him. And he's like, no, it's not (laughs) like you have it. So I'm like, no, I don't. It's a heart attack. I know what I'm talking about, doc. So (laughs) I went down to Indiana and we went to Elmo Steakhouse, Elmo Steakhouse from Parks and Rec. I was super excited for it. I ordered a steak, immediately thought red meat. I'm eating steak. I'm going to have a heart attack. I shouldn't be eating this. I had half of the steak. My entire left side of my body went numb and I'm like, I'm having a heart attack again. 
And that made me have such a severe panic attack that I couldn't enjoy the entire meal. I We bought seasoning from there, and I don't remember the entire meal because I was so in my mind of this is a severe heart attack that I'm dying. And I had that same feeling for whew, had to be a year probably. I don't know what ultimately sparked that, but I got to the point where I was so in my own head about thinking that I was going to die from a heart attack that I didn't want to do any physical activity because I thought that if I did physical activity, that would be what pushed me to having a heart attack. I didn't go to the gym for a whole year because I thought going to the gym, I would have a heart attack at that time too, which sparks my anxiety. It's funny how coincidences happen at that time probably like about six months and I was like, okay, I'm going to finally go to the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. My old boss had a heart attack on the treadmill at the gym. No joke. I'm like, what the fuck? Because then that just solidified that even more for me. I'm like this. It just happened to him. It's going to happen to me. I'm going to be there in the morning. No one's going to help me. I'm going to die. Like that's, that ultimately was what ran through my mind over and over and over again. We're coming out hot in this episode. I'm sorry, guys, but this is a continuation from the last 45 minutes, so you got to deal with it. But that's what ultimately happened was I was scared to even go to the gym because I thought I was going to overwork myself and I was going to kill myself. Um, And then I got into a super health kick. I lost. That's why I lost 45 pounds. That's why, like, you look at the photo of me with... I posted this on my Facebook, the photo of me with Western New York heroes and the photo of me with Nick from Macy's place, completely different people. That is a 60 pound difference between those two guys because I thought I was going to have a heart attack and I need to get rid of all red meat in my life. And then I was going to the doctor and I didn't really realize that I had a severe or I had an issue with panic disorder until the doctor started handing me um, the sheet that you fill out for panic disorder and anxiety disorder. So there's the sheet that you fill out for basically so the doctor can diagnose you with some sort of anxiety or panic disorder. And I was marking stuff as like the middle. Like, do you think about death more than once a week? Do you think about just like, I don't, I don't remember the questions because I don't take it seriously anymore. But he was like, like you fill that out. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm in the middle for all of this. Maybe I do have something going on. So then I started taking it seriously. And I really started understanding at that point that it wasn't a heart attack. And it was me being anxious. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, okay. Then I, now I can live my life again. And that realization there has made me not have panic panic anxiety anymore, which is shocking. Now I don't experience them at all anymore because I've realized that I have it and now I don't stress out about it, which is kind of weird to think about, but that that's what helped me. We set an alarm. You're fine. We got, we got, time. which is hilarious. And obviously we're not stopping <laughs> because of the topic of discussion. So, that's a, how do you feel right now? Amazing. So I got a text at 6.53. It's currently 7.15. I responded to the text at 7.08. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mental health check-in. That was a text I just got. Oh, really? Mental health check-in. I said literally talking about it right now on the podcast. I'm good. You good. 
Oh shit, sorry. Go have fun on the podcast. I am good. Love you. Thanks for being in my life and everything you do. Nice. That's my boss. Oh, really? Nice. So, you asked about therapy. Yeah. Well, have you had panic attacks? Let's stick on that then. We'll switch so, to therapy. Yeah. So, my first panic attack, I was in elementary school. Oh, damn. Didn't know what it was. I was having sensory overload. I still remember it because I was embarrassed. I didn't know what it was. Had sensory overload. I was taking in so much information that I couldn't handle it. I felt like an air filter that was full, and I just needed to push everything out. Like, I needed to pulsate and just force all the nonsense that I just collected and get it away from me. I was, I believe it was third grade. believe it was third grade. And all this stuff is going on around me. All the kids are screaming. All the kids are whatever. And I, I'm in front of the chalkboard and I close up and it was like the scene on a Dragon Ball Z where he goes like full cyan or whatever it is. (laughs) And I literally just scream and I'm not even, I'm not even 10 and I'm screaming and my teacher looks at me and has no idea what's going on. Well, I take that back. She knew exactly what was going on. The other kids didn't they they almost weren't even phased. They were just like, okay, like that was a lot of shit. <laughs> like whatever. And it was fourth. It was fourth grade. Okay. And I I just remember screaming. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why I needed to do that. I just screamed at the top of my lungs and the teacher looked at me and she's like, "It's okay." She's like, "We'll just go over here." And I remember looking at her and I'm like, okay. And she brought me to the back of the class and she goes, just color. I was like, okay. And I just sat there and I colored a book. That's a good teacher. Had no idea what was going on. She knew Respect. exactly what was going on. Respect she for that teacher. 100%. She teacher knew exactly, is underrated. She knew exactly what was going on. My second forced me into, my, forced me into therapy. Oh, okay. So, and I was, it was right after deployment. And it, well, kind of. And it forced me into therapy. So that was the one that, like, that, that it changed my life. Because you forced yourself into it or you yeah. talked to somebody? I, s- okay. I self-admitted myself. I checked right in. And I... <clears throat> because it was deployment-related or because it was everything? Yeah, it was deployment-related. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It was deployment-related. Yeah. So I I didn't know what a panic attack was or an anxiety attack was until I had one. And it felt like I was, so it was very strange. I reached out to, I told my wife, I was like, Hey, I'm not good. Like I'm not, I don't like, I want to, I want to talk to you about this. This is internally. What came out of my word hole was, (laughs) Hey, this happened. What I got back was, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And that was it. And I internally, like my inner boy, wanted to just be like, I I need more. I need more. I need you to be here and you're not having it. And when I'm trying to articulate that to you, you're not there. And I'm like, okay. So one of my five, I reach out to. And I'm like, I'm not doing all right. Like, I want to kind of just like talk to you and, you know, 
go from there. And he's like, sure, man. Like, what do you got? Hit him up, go back and forth, whatever. That night, I I reach, I kind of articulate it to my wife. I'm like, I'm I'm still not like I'm I'm shooken up from that. And she's like, Yeah, like that's that's really sad. Like it's tough. Like I'm I'm here if you need anything. And I'm like, mm. Yeah. And I felt like there's a part of me that was like, Yeah, but you're not, because like you don't get it. And I uh I coped with and I rationalized it in my head of saying like, oh, you didn't serve, like you don't get it, like you don't understand this person, you, you've never met this person, which I understand. I'm not holding it against you. I'm not saying it's your fault. Like you just, you literally just don't get it. Like that's okay. So I'm going to reach out to those that do. So I just did that. And then that night I had like a legitimate panic attack that sent me into a spiral that forced me to pray to the person that is no longer alive. Hmm. And I was like, hey... I I literally because I spiraled, I like deep spiral. the The whole room was spinning like I was super drunk, and I couldn't I couldn't settle down. I couldn't breathe. I like I totally freaked out, and I'm like I'm not I'm not good. And then I uh, I'm battling a sinus infection. I'm not crying. He's crying. So everybody listening, he's crying. I'm not crying. Water so, <laughs> waterfalls. So. I I basically that night I I prayed and I was like, hey, I need you to calm me down because I'm not okay. Like I need you to help me. And it was a prayer. It was a literal prayer because I I can't text this person. I can't call this person. They committed suicide. And I told them, I need you to calm me down. I feel like right now in this very second, I'm completely alone. And you're the only person that understands what I'm feeling. I need help. And I immediately relaxed and I fell asleep Mm. in like a minute. And I'm not, I'm a non-practicing Catholic, but that was one of those instances where I'm like, something is at play. Mm -hmm. Like something's making me think that like, okay, so I passed out. The next morning I woke up and I told my wife, I need to go get help. I'm not good. And she said, okay. And what I realized recently, like recently, I never told her how bad I was. Mm. I didn't tell her that I was suicidal. I didn't tell her that I was like legit. Like there was there was a plan that I didn't actually articulate, but I just thought and then I just forced it away because I'm certified like by DOD. I'm certified in suicide assistance. And I literally, if I didn't take that course, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Because I, I had super intense thoughts, said the prayer, and I literally had my own checklist that I did subconsciously in that spiral that most likely saved my life. So when I woke up, I was like, I need therapy. I'm checking myself in. Like, I'm not going to ECMC psych ward, but I'm checking myself into therapy. One of my five, I called him. And one of the other five, so two out of the five I called, both are vets. And I'm like, I'm not good. Like, I, I, like, seriously, I need you to also call and like get me in to this place that I can't get into yet because I'm in the, I'm in the reserves, like, whatever. Like, I bridge that gap. I'm about to walk in the door. I'm not good. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Figure this out. And I straight, like, I worked it into my lunch schedule where I skipped lunch on work and went and I'm like, I I don't care. Like, I need to figure this out. They passed. So one of my five called a senator for the state of New York. And the senator reached out to the VA and got it approved for reservists and guardsmen to get the same mental health therapy in need that's approved and free through Congress for active duty Military members and vets. So what it was is there's a place in Buffalo in the North Towns that active duty vets can go to for therapy that's free through Congress. Mm -hmm. Like all of our tax dollars as U.S. citizens go towards paying these people salaries as therapists to treat vets. Mm -hmm. Reservists and guards couldn't go. So... Me, as a reservist and guardsman, they're like, you're not you're not able to go and receive this benefit because you weren't active duty. Like, you weren't assigned to an active duty unit, right. even though you have, like, six years of active duty time between everything you did and whatever, deployments, whatever. And I'm like, cool. I'm still a vet. Like, my DOD ID says U.S. Army. It doesn't say reservist or guard or whatever right. you want to classify it as. Like, And I'm not straight. Like, straighten me out fit me in so the senator got it approved and they're like rock and roll i was like sweet so now i'm the only red cross dude that's from the reservist guard like active to get out of country on red cross and we just literally changed legislation to like get therapy wow because of multiple phone calls i'm like that's mint so i go to therapy 
and they ran me through a checklist and they're like, okay, like and circle like zero to five. Like, right. how do you yeah. feel? How does this make you feel? Whatever. And he goes, okay, I got your checklist. My palms are starting to sweat. I'm getting excited. <laughs> and he goes, okay, you scored. I forgot the exact number. He's like, you scored a 32. If you scored a 33, you would have been classified with clinical PTSD. Hmm. He goes, but you circled a two instead of a three on this one question. And that is what is not allowing me to allow myself to have clinical PTSD on your file. He goes, however, you have PTSD. Like you, you literally have PTSD. Like you're here. Like there's, there's all these other things. He's like, and I'm not talking about just from service because your military career is one thing and there were stressors involved in it. However, your childhood is really like ramping this up to get you to where you are. And I can focus on both. I'm like stellar rock and roll. So, and, and that is why like now with the, um, for the claims and stuff, they expedited my file. Cause they're just like, we like, we seen something in your file. We need to talk to you about this. Yeah. And then that led to more dear, my pen and um, comp exam. They're just like, we got to talk about all this stuff. So that's why they expedited my, fi- my claim. So anyways, I didn't know that I never told my wife or my sister how bad it was. And when I told them, they were flabbergasted. They're like, you didn't tell me that. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I was super open about it. Like, I told you. Like, And they're like, no, you didn't. And then it made me recock and literally rethink about how I articulated how I was feeling. And I realized I was reaching out, but it was just like a, it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't actually able to articulate at that time how you're, bad it really you was. You were saying everything up here, but you 100%, weren't nothing. saying it out the word hole. Which makes sense based on the reactions. Because if I said what I actually felt, they, I mean, shit, man, there probably would have been ambulance in my house. Like right. they would have been like, Oh, Colt, you know, sound the alarms, <laughs> you know, like, especially, you know, my sister, yeah. she would have been like super loud. She would have been on a roof, you know, like, <laughs> but that's my sister. So, but that, that second panic attack. And that was June, 2020 that, that was it. And that, that's, that's why this never comes off yeah. because that's who I talked to. Yeah. So I'm like, I, and that, that's how he left. So I'm like, I, I don't like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to cope with that. I've never coped with that before. Plus on top of all the other stressors, like it's, it's nuts, but that was therapy's wild, man. Like you have, do you still go? Like, how do you, a, a big thing right now is how do you calibrate yourself and bring yourself back down now with a lot of stress? <laughs> Mike is holding up his whiskey glass. <laughs> no, seriously though, how do you how do you calibrate yourself and bring yourself back down to reality now if you don't go to therapy but you still have high stresses? Because, like we started off last week's episode, you and I are super stressed right now. We got a lot of shit going on. So how do you how do you deal with that now? Hikes. Being introverted? Yeah, literally. Um, That's wild how all this is connected, just so you know. Oh, yeah, of course. I build it into my day where, dude, I'll set an appointment at work where I'm, you and I are both above 50 hours a week. 100%. Easily. With our full-time jobs, not including podcasts, just our full-time jobs, we're over 50 hours a week, every week, concrete, never changes. If I work an eight-hour workday, 
I feel like I robbed from the company. Yeah. Like something's wrong. So we can go into a whole episode on why we think that. Correct. We can get into like the psychological aspects behind that. Yeah, because dude, I literally work six to two, and I left, and I'm like, I, it's two, th- like, it's two thirty. Like, what? Well, oh. yeah. And I'm like, every oh. time, every time I leave before four, everyone's. I feel like everyone's looking at me like, who's this guy leaving early? It's like, bro, I've been there since six. You guys weren't even awake yet. Correct. So stop. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I unlock the front door and turn the <laughs> yeah. lights on. Like, yeah. Dude, I go and to the tomorrow, office. All the lights I'm, are I'm closing off. them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a mess. So. Um, by being introverted is how I recharge or I'll build it into my day where I'm like, oh, I got an appointment like, or I'll just, I'm going to go see this job. And then the drive, yeah. the 15, 20 minute drive where I'm alone in the car is it. So let me ask you this then. Do you go in before everybody else because you need that time to yourself? It depends on the day. It depends on the day. It's fascinating. Dude. And we and, are so similar. And it depends on if my coworker who I literally, like, it's he and I, if he's on vacation, 100%. My, my, like, my phone is almost on do not disturb, and I'm literally just doing all the morning paperwork. I'm getting things in order. I'm writing things down for the day before, like, rewriting notes. I'm keeping things organized because there's 50 cats that are looking up and saying, like, hey, what's going on for the day? Yeah. And if I don't spend that 45 minutes, I'm shot because they're... At seven fifteen, they're like this. Yeah. And if I'm not there at six to prep for that seven fifteen, then we're it's unhinged yeah. for the rest of the day. So absolutely. But how else? The gym. Like I can't people underestimate working out. I can't yeah. You can't put a value to that. You, they, you can't put a value to a workout. They think it's all physical fitness, but it's so much more mental. And it, it, it's, it's a mental escape, but it's also dealing with those insecurities that we talked about last week where like, oh, this isn't symmetrical. Oh, I can like, I can, and the, the body dysphoria aspect and like the, the muscle mind connection on top of that mid workout, like that's you're what focusing I think it on is, that. That's what I think it is for me. It's bringing it back into working on myself and it, putting myself first. We talked last week on how a lot of my issues are around putting everybody's happiness before mine because I f- that's what I did when I was a child, and now I feel like I have to do that for everybody else. That's why I'm like a class clown to everybody. But being in the gym and feeling every muscle fiber before I tweak my neck, feeling every muscle fiber work together and be like, this is my right pack working. Like That to me is what the gym is more than getting big. I'm not a... I'm not ripped out of my face. It's all about getting that connection. And and to me, that's just such an overrated or an underrated aspect of the gym is that whole connection piece, because that is the only place that you can really feel one with yourself. If that's as also, weird as that sounds. No, it's not. That's also why we love manual transmissions because we feel like we're a part of the car. True. Like you're one of, you're one in the same. The only like we're, we're like this. We're nonstop. It doesn't end. Mm-hmm. And our minds are like this. So when we sit at in at the bay in Baltimore for four hours and just watch the waves, our, our hands have to do something. At least mine do. So that's why I love cigars. Cigars force me to sit for 30 minutes. Yeah. But you have something to do. You're just puffing every once in a while. Have a drink. This is a depressant, right? So it, it calms you down. Having a stick... And you're like, okay, now I'm chill. Now I'm relaxed. Work 
sucked. Life sucks. Life never gets easier. I have I have an hour. I have 30 minutes. I have an hour. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to have a cigar. I'm going to have a drink. And I'm just going to completely decompress and just, I'm going to watch the flag move, but I'm just going to sit here and just think a little bit and just puff on a cigar and just totally relax. That's another way I decompress. Yeah. What I used to do as a kid, especially in fall, is all the sticks that fell, I would break the sticks into small pieces mm-hmm. and just th- do not. It was just mindless. I would just have a pile of sticks and I would just break them and just stare off into nothing. Listen, listen to everything. And I would just literally dive into my senses of um, like stop, look, listen, smell like literally. And I would do that. I would just break sticks and I would just decompress and get away from it. I would leave the house cause I couldn't go anywhere. So I would just go in the backyard and break sticks and, or I would peel leaves, leaves that fell giant leaves. I would take them and I would just, I would break the actual leaf off yeah. and then leave the actual wood yep. internal structure of the leaf. I would do that. I would just peel them and I would just sit there in the middle of the woods and do nothing. Just absolutely nothing. I would just decompress. You know what the other crazy thing is, too? There was a kid. His first name was Steven. I won't say his last name. He committed suicide when I was in elementary school, middle school, elementary school, because I had intramurals as well. He committed suicide in elementary school with a sawed-off shotgun that was his dad's in front of his mom. Holy shit. She came home from work, and he blew his brains out. In front of her, and the last words he said were, I love you, Mom, I be- if I remember correctly, and then blew his brains out. He was overweight. He was bullied his entire life. And that was the first, like, where- and how I coped is I went to the side lot of my house, and I buried a stick that was facing up, and I dug a small hole, I put a stick in it, and then I backfilled it. And that was like his grave because hmm. he was uh, he was like on the intramurals bus. And I felt bad because there was one time where I made a fat joke to him as I was. Dude, I was like seven. Right. Like I didn't. We all like that was that was like, quote unquote, normal. Yeah. Right. So fascinating. Yeah. So let's this could be a whole other episode, but let's try to make this a little bit brief. But we're at that age where we're thinking about expanding our family. We're thinking about having kids. How do we, as potential father figures, make sure we are there for our kids so they don't have to go through, they'll go through some of it because some of it's inevitable, right? But how do we make sure that our kids are set up to feel like they have an outlet so they don't go through the same stuff that we're going through right now? Or do you think it's just inevitable that everybody has panic attacks? Well, no, I think a lot of it is having, um, cause I have it with my dad and he always, you know, he's always told me just ask, like, just talk to me. He's like, there's nothing, <clears throat> there's nothing off limits. And he goes, I'm, you know, I'm your father, right? Always and forever. I'm your father first. I'm your friend second. However, you're also one of the most, if not the most important thing to me. He goes, it's, it's, it's my kids above everything else between you and your sister. And the way he phrased it when I was young really allowed me to know that he was always an outlet. And he's, you know, and he, even to this day, he's like, just remember, you're not alone. He'll always just send that or he's like, love you, like whatever. And he just reaffirms that same message because it's, it's obviously heartfelt and he means it. But having and establishing those open lines of communication between your kids and you is what's really going to allow them to know there's no like disciplinary actions. I'm not going to call you weak. Right. None of that. Like 
it's a balancing act that I think we're both going to have to figure out and find. What I'm excited for is that we both have each other to go through that process. Mm-hmm. But if timing works out, right? Like obviously, but even still, it doesn't matter. Like I'm never going to not talk to you. Is we're contractually obligated to talk every week. Correct. <laughs> is <laughs> is just knowing like that fine line of being independent, being a strong, being a strong female, being an alpha male, but knowing you have an outlet if needed, like you, you're able to talk to your parents and dive into different topics and nothing's off limits. Like we're, we're good. And I think the benefit is we're liberal in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to have the insane sense of humor. We're going to be making the bad jokes, right? Like we're going to have that fun boundary line. That's kind of flexible. Like there's no hard set property lines in that relationship to a degree. But here's the thing with that. If we are that to our kid and we don't, this is where I always come back and we'll end this episode after this, because this is again, another topic for a whole different episode. But if you are that rock to your kid and they don't go through some of the same similar struggles that we are, how do we know that they'll end up like us? Like, that's my biggest. What do you mean? Like their friends are going to be their outlet. They always will be. That's organic. Yeah. But if you don't go through that same struggle in your, your base, like we talk about all the time, tough times breed tough men. Yeah. Right? But if we provide our sons theoretically or daughters, whatever, not easy times because you and I will never give them easy times, but easier times that we have, then eventually down the line, it'll get easier for them and then easier for their kids and then easier for their kids. And then there's not going to be any adversity. So that's what I get hung up with. Yeah, but we can only control what we can control. The other stressors that they're going to experience are out of our control, i.e. the, the, you know, environment, economy, politics, all that nonsense, right? Like we can only control what we can control within our homes. So, and the biggest other message is calm breeds calm. So when they're experiencing those stresses from, they're going to present it to us because they don't know how else to communicate it. So they're going to experience a stressor. They're going to come home and we're going to ask at dinner. How was your day? Mm-hmm. What's going on? There and we, we're going to be able to know like something's up, yeah. right? And then we can dive like after dinner, we'll just go into the room and just be like, "What's what's happening?" Like you right. just look off, like what's going on? And they're going to be like, "Damn, like you know everything." It's like correct. Like I've been around the block a couple times. Like what's happening? Joni loves Chachi or whatever the problem <laughs> is, right? And then we can have Grab that a communication. Juice box, let's yeah, talk. exactly. You know, like we can. <laughs> I'm okay with staying up an extra half hour if we can right. solve this and you're you're in a better place. Like, and I think a lot of that is between the parents to have that because everything starts at home, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. So, I th- I think that's how just initiating that conversation, having those conversations, nip things in the bud, establishing you know values and morals early. Mm-hmm. Don't go to bed mad. Stuff like that. Just the, the exact same thing we do with the relationships that we're in. Yeah, that's fascinating. We're going to have to. It's, I mean, you know, cheers to Biden's America. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> Always got to bring it back home. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. If you have enjoyed these past two episodes where Mike and I really opened up. I mean, we haven't opened up like this in a while. So if you if you enjoyed that, let us know in the comments down below. Because we we do enjoy talking about this, and it's interesting. We like we said at the end of last week episode about 
how we're portrayed by our friends and like acquaintances and how that's not really us, which is so crazy. Total 180. <laughs> Total 180. I love it. Well, love you, brother. Thank me you too, for man. opening up with me. Appreciate always. you. Always, always. Thank you all. If you were uh, wanting to drink after this conversation, because I sure do, please remember to always drink responsibly, be a good person. And Michael, do not litter. We're out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.